Hi, listener. Welcome to the More Than Me podcast with your host, Becky Harrington, sharing stories of women who decided to move outside of themselves and claim a higher purpose because together we are more. In each episode, we'll dig deep into stories of women who shed their fear and shame so that they could claim their higher purpose. Each week, you'll leave inspired, free from the shoulds that have been bringing you down and prepared to walk ahead towards your bright purpose. Experience a community that has forged a path before you and discover that you're not alone. Hi, listener. Welcome to the More Than Me podcast, and I'm your host, Becky Harrington, and I want you to join me each week as we discover the triumphant stories of women who decided to be more in their lives and to accept their purpose. This is a podcast for women who have a deep longing in their hearts. They crave community and are ready to step out in faith. So welcome, this is episode two, and I'm being joined today with More Than Me Collective member Karina Tripon. Today we'll be here, um, we'll be hearing from Karina on how she became involved with the movement. Um, and also her story of accepting her true identity through a very universal experience that many women <laughs> have, and that is being too much for some people. Mm-hmm. Um, so Karina, say hello and introduce yourself. Hello. I got goosebumps. That was so powerful. I love that. Just hearing this is, this is such an amazing time. So thank you for having me on. My name is Karina Tripon and I'm a growth coach that helps women, um, helps to empower women in pursuing their ambitions. And gosh, it is incredible and so life giving just to hear and connect with women on a, like an authentic and real level and just to take time to listen to women's stories and encourage them and pursuing the things that are on their heart. Um, I feel super fortunate to get to do what I do. Um, and I know that there's so much more to come. So it's sometimes it feels like life is completely crazy and chaotic and I have to stop to remind myself how beautiful the chaos truly is. Like this is what life is all about is just feeling completely at your wit's end in the best way and challenging and growing and having um, just new opportunities every single week that you get to say yes to. And uh, Karina, what it, the name of your business is Ginger Root. Yes. And how can people find you? You can find me on social medias, Karina Tripon. So Instagram and Facebook. I have a website called gingerrooted.com. And I really live on Instagram. I love that space. I know that it's also frustrating for a lot of people, but it's so clean and nice. It doesn't have a ton of information that's just coming at you. So I live on Instagram and I really love to cultivate community there. Um, So I'm quite active on on that platform. And I'm thankful for it too. Awesome. So Karina, you have been involved with... um, Tiffany Smiley and the More Than Me event, um, from the very beginning, you're very heavily involved in kind of the vision casting and helping this, um, this organization get off the ground. Um, and especially when it comes to the collective members and the, um, and the members um, of the organization. So tell a little bit about how you kind of got thrown into all of this. 
Yeah. So Tiffany is not someone that lives in my town. She lives kind of close to me. But again, on Instagram, I was at a point in my business, I was about six months in, and I was really searching for ways to connect with women that were pursuing ambition the way that I was, um, doing it alongside their faith and just kind of taking chances and putting themselves out there through events. And there's really not a lot of that happening. I live in Spokane, Washington, and there's just not a lot of that really going on. So I found Tiffany on Instagram. Um, she has a sister that's here local that I actually followed. So through the Instagram world, I found her and I saw homegirls putting on some sort of event that's for women to empower women, bring women together. And it was at a really cute location that I've been wanting to go to. So I was like, done. This is a sign that I just need to go. So it was through one of our first events about this time last year. Um, I was really called to start being more active in person with women. Like I, I, I wanted to get out. I love social media, but I really desire to get behind, like to get out of my screen and into real physical life. Um, so it was something that I was kind of searching for, but it also just um, fell into my lap in a way. So I decided I was going to brave a snowstorm and I went to Tiffany's very first event. I just like really, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I didn't know her very much. I knew that she was a speaker and I knew a little bit about her husband's story, but not even that. I really didn't know anything. I just was attracted to her authentic like self online and the fact that she was bringing women together. I was like, okay, this is, I don't really care what I get. I just want to be there. And I, it, this resonates so much with me. Um, this desire to just create that community. So I drove with one of my girlfriends. I was like, I actually asked a bunch of friends like, Hey, do you want to go to this with me? Um, and a lot of them were super timid and decided like, no, nah, not for me. I don't want to drive. And it sounds like too much work, whatever. Um, so I, one of my girlfriends and I drove out it was a snowstorm. We drove about two and a half hours to where the event was. And I just honestly went so thankful that a woman was standing up and saying, hey, women, you are important, you're valuable, you should be seen, and you should take up space, come together in this way. And after that, after I, I, I chatted with her before the event, and I just said, whatever you're doing, like, this is amazing, please keep doing it. This is like, I need you, I need this. And from then on, I just had this like conviction in my soul that I had to support her in whatever capacity I could. So the event was phenomenal. It truly resonated. It helped me to understand myself. And I would, I'm a pretty self-aware person. I had launched a coaching business by then. So it helped me to understand pieces of myself that I hadn't, I didn't even think about. It made, it made what I was doing in the present, it made so much more sense. So I was like, okay, this is powerful. This is rooting me. This is connecting me to, to my past in a really powerful way. Um, so from then on, I just, Tiffany and I continued to um, communicate. She asked me to speak at her next event that was in Spokane. She had done like a, an event series. And I was like, absolutely. When she asked me to speak, Becky, I was so scared. She's like, I want to bring this. I said, you have to bring this to Spokane. And she's like, I'm bringing this to, Sp to Spokane and I want you to speak. And I was like, uh -huh, yeah. But inside, I was like, no. 
but I had already walked in with the attitude of what I need to support her and I need to support this movement with whatever capacity. And in my head, I probably was like, I'll just share about it on social media, you know, cause that's comfortable. Like I'll, I'll offer that all day long. Um, so when she asked me, I was like, uh-huh, totally, absolutely inside I was dying. But I made a commitment and I honestly thought like, oh, who knows if she actually will. Well, homegirl does. Like whatever she says that she will do, she will do. Yeah. So within a few weeks, she reached out to me, told me all about Spokane and asked me again. And I was like, yep, I'm honoring that. I'm honoring the instinct that I need to be involved here. And so from then on, it just kind of our relationship grew. Her vision grew bigger. And I so resonated with it that I was all in. I'm a hundred percent behind her. I'm a hundred percent behind this movement. And I honestly do love the beginning parts. I love figuring things out. I love the, the kind of brainstorming and bringing things out and creating something. Cause I know what it feels like to not know exactly what you're doing, but to take inspired action. And it really is invigorating and energizing to do that. And so I love the fact that she just is a doer and I get to come alongside her and say, heck yes, let's, let's do as much as we can together and kind of see where it goes. So here we are a year later. Here we are. So Karina and I have a fun story and it's, you know, it's just crazy how life brings people together. I love it. Um, but Karina, I found Karina originally because a friend that I went to college with that, um, I had lived in California. I'd been in her wedding, but we hadn't spoken in years. She had moved to Washington, made a whole new group of friends, and Karina was one of them. And she had shared something about Karina, and I was just immediately attracted to it. Um, so I started following Karina on Instagram, and I just realized like she was the kind of girl that I wanted to put myself around. And so I signed up for the collective um, her collective, her ginger root collective, which is a group coaching group, um, that she does. You do it twice a year, spring and fall or yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, so I did last spring with the collective and I just got to spend time, like just immersing myself in, um, all things, Karina, all things about just stepping out in faith. And (laughs) I was owning a really unique time in my life. I was Mm -hmm. starting a business, living in a van and uh, going through some really treacherous divorce stuff and just all kinds. My life was just basically an explosion. She got to be there like with like nothing left on the table here. And, um, so we became friends and she became a huge supporter of me during that time. And Tiffany found me. I don't know. I think it's probably because of Karina. I have Tiffany and I cannot still figure it out, but she just sent me a message on Instagram and said, can we talk on the phone? This was like in July of last year. So then Karina reaches out to me and says, Hey, I'm part of this more than me thing. And I want you to be involved. And I'm like, I'm already talking to Tiffany. So, so we got to meet for the first time in person in Boise which seems crazy because I know. we spent an entire year in really like connected friendship. Mm-hmm. And, um, we did that online and through zoom and through phone calls and Marco Polos mm-hmm. and, um, <laughs> yeah. So can I just say how amazing it is that during a, a, such a time of like complete up 
upheaval, if that's a word, like chaos in your life, you still were like, you know, I'm going to commit to growth coaching. Like (laughs) I'm going to just commit to showing up every single week for six weeks to dive into myself. Like there's so many women that are like, oh, you know, once I get my once my kids are in school or once my finances are in order or once I reach this level of business and you're so amazing and being like now, like something resonates within, within me now. And I'm going to say yes to that. And I can't even tell you how powerful that is and how much more success you have probably had that outlook for a long time in your life. And you've, you've gotten to the place where you are because of that, that willingness to say yes. And that willingness to like, no matter what is happening, not give power to the chaos, but give power to the opportunity. Well, if you are waiting around to start something like growth coaching with Karina because of some, you know, you want your house to be perfect or whatever, like I had $22 in my bank account. I was living out of a 1996 Dodge Ram conversion van that looked like a serial killer should live in it. And with my two pugs and roaming around the country and starting a business and leaving all of my community behind. Um, so that was the right time for me to start growth coaching. And now is the right time for you to start growth coaching. Okay. There we go. I love that. Uh, So here we are today on this podcast. Mm -hmm. Karina and I are both immersing ourselves in the more than me movement. We're on these 6am calls where we show up in, in bathrobes and Karina has these really cute eye mask things on. I think I need to find them because her, her face glows so much. So I think I need to get on that train. Um, so it's, we're going to- midday champagne, Becky. That's what's the glow from. <laughs> I also maybe need to start that train. Okay. Uh, so because of this, we get mm-hmm. to have this beautiful conversation today. This is one year full cycle of mm-hmm. committing to friendship and committing to community and committing to just going all in. Um, so we're going to get into a really great conversation in a second, but first I want to tell you a little bit about, um, how you can get more involved with more than me yourself. First of all, you need to come to an in-person event. Okay. You can stay connected online as long as you want, but the magic is in person. If you're listening to this in February, when we release this episode, it's, um, our next one is in March in Dallas. Um, if you're not listening to it in February, go to our website, morethanme.com, click on upcoming events, and you can find one. Um, if there's not one uh, uh, available right now, there will be soon because Tiffany is a visionary and she's always throwing new events at us. Um, so sign up for our newsletter and you'll get notified when there's a new event. There's going to be probably a break during the summer and there will be more in the fall, a lot more in the fall. You need to make it a priority this year to see us in person. I'm telling you that right now. Okay, so the second thing is right now you can join as a member. Karina is actually the the person who's in charge of this member program. So this is for audacious women who want to band together with us and live out our purposes. You're going to get to interact with a community of women every month and hear from expert coaches like Karina, marketeers, and so much more. They're going to send you beautiful boxes of things in the mail. There's tons of features, but here's the deal. This, the real benefit of joining as a member is your participation. 
Mm-hmm. Um, this is a give and get community where we embrace each other and help each other. We collaborate, we support, we promote, and we do that out of the abundance in our lives. Um, so this is a skin in the game group of women and we want you to join us. We want skin in the game with you and you, we want skin in the game back from you. So find more about this, our events or anything else we talk about on the podcast, click on the, the description of, if you're listening to this in iTunes or Google play, click on the, the, the description, all the links will be there or go, go to more than Click on the podcast section. This is episode two. Okay. So. There you go. So um, good. So, so good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Karina, um, I got to hear Karina's story in Boise and I loved it because I am one of those women who is, who like my whole life, I've just been kind of like too much for people. Mm-hmm. I'm really ambitious. I'm really driven. I'm a go-getter. They call me like, the beckonator because if you've got like a project that needs to get done like i come in like a like a bulldozer and i'm like getting it all like so i have often experienced and from uh, you know i've had sit downs with hr i've had Mm -hmm. sit downs with like you know supervisors and i've been i was coined at one point like the bulldozer and they didn't mean that in a positive light Um, and so I know what it's like to be in a situation where people are like, you know, you're just a little bit Mm -hmm. too much. Yeah. And, um, so tell us a little bit about the story, (laughs) the awesome story of Russian Karina. (laughs) Whoa, sister. It's Romanian Karina, first of all. (laughs) You're right. You're right. But I think you actually have enough in you to be Russian as well. I should know that. I've visited Romania multiple times. um, So yeah, so my family immigrated here from Romania. We um, immigrated in shortly after communism had fallen. And um, I really do think that I breezed, I used to breeze over that and not really understand the true impact that being a Romanian immigrant and coming to this country at such a young age, um, I just, I didn't really understand how that continues to impact me today. So, um, but I always kind of felt like, I think being a redhead, being a spicy soul and being an immigrant, like I always did feel like I had, like, it's not, it was an it factor. Like I had something, I had I was different and I always embraced that to be a really good thing. Um, people would always tell me that that, like they would give me signs that it really wasn't. But I, I, I always thought I knew a different language and that made me, that gave me an edge. Um, I always just, I felt like I had work ethic that other people didn't. There was just something like really cool about the fact that, hey, my family decided to come here and we knew that coming to the United States was literally grasping opportunity at its finest. There, When you come from a place that doesn't have opportunity, like the ability to take opportunity, I think you just understand how unique and how powerful it really is. And so, um, you know, I kind of like was that kid that had self-assurance and (laughs) was really outspoken and was really particular about, you know, how I um, went about life in the very beginning. And people would always tell me that I cared too much about, you know, maybe how I dressed or how I 
pursued things. Um, and I think that my parents were always the ones that empowered me always. Like I learned English pretty quickly. I came here not knowing any English. So in first grade, um, I went to English as second language classes, but I also had other Romanian kids translate for me, which made me super uncomfortable. I was like, I need to learn this, this language now so I'm not leaning on anyone. Um, but I, they always empowered me and they always used me to, to like be a, a spokesperson on their behalf and to reach out to kind of figure out how to do life in a completely different country. Um, and so to me, it's always been an advantage and I, I worked it that way. But um, there was an incident in junior high where <laughs> my like overconfident, sassy self was a little too self-assured. Um, I was sitting at a varsity basketball game. I was an eighth grader at the time. And I had my like group of girls with me. It was a packed out game. And this um, junior comes up to me and she says, boo. And I say, um, no. <laughs> First of all, I'm like, you know, feeling really good. I'm feeling myself. We like get dressed up for this basketball game. Um, and to me, it felt really disrespectful. This chick comes up to me and asks me to just move. And so I say, no. And I said, no, with attitude, of course. Cause I was thinking like, like I'm Karina here. Like, who do you think, who do you think you are? Um, I was an eighth grader and she felt entitled to my seat. So she asked me like, what is your name? I said, Karina Iramia with a little F word. And I was like, Karina Iramia. And she looked at me, she said, I'm going to make your life hell. I'm going to murder you when you come to, to high school. And I, at the time I was like, whoa, that's aggressive. Like she kind of embarrassed herself. She just kind of like was really assertive. Um, and I tried to blow it off. But what ended up happening, happening is this girl really did target me, was really, really determined to just make me um, kind of a pariah. So my group of friends, abandoned me because I had a target on my, on my back. And, um, this girl was really, she was a athlete. She was, had influence. And so she basically made it her goal to, um, to torture me and to make sure that people weren't friends with me because there was something about me that she just truly, truly didn't like. And it got to the point where I couldn't go anywhere in my city without people asking me, like I would say my name and they would say, Oh my gosh, why does she hate you? Like you're Karina Aramia. Why does she hate you so much? Anywhere that I would go, I'd go to the tanning salon, I'd go to violin lessons and people would know that I was a girl that this other girl hated so much. Um, and it was awful. Honestly, it was, it was a challenging time. My parents still didn't really understand what bullying was. Um, did I have too much attitude? Absolutely. Was I a little too extra? Absolutely. I was an like overly confident eighth grader that probably felt like she had something to prove. Um, but to, to get that kind of reaction taught me like, okay, there must be something about me that is unacceptable to people and I need to water that down. So it eventually, eventually the bullying got so bad that I did, I begged my parents to um, allow me to move high schools and they sold our house and they allowed me to move high schools into the near, the next city in Southern Idaho. Um, and when I went to this, to this new school, I made it my mission to be as like vanilla as possible. It was like Karina Irmia, like who that? Like this is a new school. This is the, my goal. My mission was to be so nice and to be so, um, easy to, 
to be around and easy to digest, basically. I didn't want to stand out. Um, and so I think a lot of, there was actually someone at the Boise event who came up to me who went to my high school, which totally freaked me out to talk about this in Boise, where I grew up, where all of this went down. I was like, oh, what of these people like, no, you know, it just was weird. But I, I really felt like I had to get through and own this part of my story. Um, but she came up to, she's like, I had no idea. Like, I remember you in high school. You were super nice, but I had no idea you got bullied. It's like, I did, I made it. I wanted to be as not that flamboyant Karina, that like sassy girl as possible. Um, and so I think that that was something that I kind of took on with me and I didn't realize the impact of being so disincluded, um, and so ostracized and so put aside for being different. Um, until, um, I was actually in a collective group and one of the, one of my, my girls that is building an amazing interior design building business here locally, she was, we were talking about insecurities and she said, you know, this is stupid, but I still, like, I wonder what the girls from high school that treated me so bad are thinking about me and like how I'm promoting myself on social media. Cause she's doing this in her town where she did grow up and she's killing it and her business is everywhere. And so she's like, I, I shouldn't, but I still wonder, and it holds me back. Like I have to think about them and what they, how they might perceive me before I go on a live before I, you know, like put my business out there. And I wonder if they're like, well, who does she think that she is like calling herself an interior designer? Um, and it got me thinking like, that is so powerful. It got me thinking about my high school mean girls. And it, rem it reminded me of this bullying experience. And the reason that the biggest part of my business is including women, creating space for women, wherever you are, if you're building a massive business, if you're just wanting to better yourself, there's space for you to grow. And I want you to grow in community. And so I, it got me to understand that the reason I create space and I'm so inclusive is because I completely understand how devastating it is and how much power it takes away from you to be uninvited, to be disincluded, to be completely rejected just because of who you are. And to understand the root of that, Becky, I was like, whoa, my mind is blown right now. Karina, I just want to take you on a journey. Okay. So this is what happened is you were a child and you were living yourself as a child, because children don't have to be told, right? And we're going to, next episode, I, I just did a beautiful episode with Hillary Kay, and we're going to talk about what happens when somebody robs the child in you. Mm -hmm. But you were a child and you were owning who you were. You were all out there. You were guacamole already from the start, right? And then you have an experience where somebody robs you of that childhood identity and then at the same time, your community abandons you, okay? Mm -hmm. And then what happens is a false identity forms. You have to become mm -hmm. vanilla. I can't be guacamole anymore. I have to be nothing extra, okay? Mm -hmm. And you, have, you just suddenly quiet your whole spirit. Like your whole spirit, everything that you were created to be just gets really quiet. And then... Then, then you don't go out and do big audacious things, right? Because mm -mm. nobody who's quiet goes and changes the world. That's not yeah. how it works. No. So, mm -hmm. um, 
what happened when you decided enough is enough and you went and claimed your identity back? Yeah. It took, I think, a really, I think I tried to find some of that in college. I think the, I wanted to get out of my hometown. I wanted to have a kind of a, a space where people didn't know who I was so I could just be who, who I wanted to be. Um, so I, I feel like I started to kind of claim myself and allow myself to just be in college. But, um, it really wasn't until later in my adulthood, I was about 30. I think that there was always a while, like it took a long time thinking back on it. It took a long time. And I think my husband who has known me since high school, we've been friends ever since we were friends since actually we were, I first came to the United States. We met at church and I was too much for him at the time, but he liked it. He was like, who's this sassy like child? Like, literally in head to toe in pink I had like this matching hat with this ridiculous like fluffy dress on and some attitude and I remember he was like I don't know who you thought that you were but I liked how spicy you were and it was like game on he was a pastor's kid and he's like you know used to running the show and I show up with a little bit putting him in slice but so it was him that actually reminded me like you, you're different in a big way for a reason. And I think that the pain point for me, I had to, I struggled to like find purpose and identity after college. You think like, okay, college, I'm going to learn this thing and I'm going to go out and I'm going to change the world in this way. And the rude reality is that it's not that easy and clear cut. You have to pave a way and you keep expecting to find the path that's well beaten and you don't. And when, even when you're on it, it's like, this is so not what I envisioned. I, I was more idealistic. So I had jobs and careers that just didn't resonate. I always felt like something was amiss. It wasn't fulfilling me in a way. And so I would always talk about it with my, with my husband. And it was him that kept like reminding me to get back to that girl, to be, to recognize like, listen, there's something really special about you and you need to stop running away from it. like stop hiding the fact like just own it like own the fact that you're different and you're special in a really big way i actually just wrote this is kind of crazy so the very first more than me event we talked about the power of words and it says there's a little card and it says share a moment when words impacted you in a positive way and it was brandon my husband who said you're special in a big way and that had just he had just we had just had this conversation maybe like eight months prior to that event and finally I decided to just listen to him. I was 32. Yeah. Um, so it took a really long time for me to, um, sorry, just a minute. It took, it took a really long time for me to acknowledge there really was something that I was, I was like watering myself down still. And I used his belief in me to figure out what that was and to connect with that old part of myself. Um, but honestly, it, just a minute. I'm so sorry. Our little one is. <laughs> Our little one is having a fever and he's this, trying to figure it out. This is real life. <laughs> this is mother's hustling, guys. Yes, this is, yes. There's no better time to have the life that you want than now. So. Yes, 1000%. Even if you're living in a van or even if you have. Um, okay. Yes. So, so Karina, this is, this is why, um, our identity is something that we need to protect so much because mm -hmm. one experience 
from one girl who had no business. She didn't know you. She had no business in speaking into your life that way. She mm -hmm. made it so that you didn't actually live out your purpose until you were 32 years old. And I think this is such a universal conversation. I think mm -hmm. women out there who are listening today, you might have somebody who did something or spoke a word over to you that mm -hmm. caused a chain reaction in your life and you have lost the child that you once were and you need someone to remind you of who that person is. And so Karina, you now basically help people decipher between the good things in their life and the bad things in their life. And so let's have a conversation of like, how do you filter how do you teach people how to filter that? And how do you get people who have been hurt by major identity breaking situations to reclaim their purpose? Yeah. You know, I think that there's usually a pain point. There's, you usually do come to a place where you, um, it's forcing you to look into yourself and, and start to peel off the layers or peel off the labels that other people have put on. So for me, it was being really unhappy with my career choice and still trying to find how to find my place in the world and find my giftings and understand what my purpose was. I just felt like I wasn't quite clicking into place and it was a pain point. I wanted to have that kind of fulfillment. So for me, usually I recognize there's, uh, there's an insecurity in women and there's a pain point in women that forces them to look deeper and to not just take their what they're doing and who they are at face value anymore. And so I, I work with them so that they understand they have the choice, one, to take on the labels that they currently hold. They can peel things off or they can take things on, but ultimately it's up to you. You get to decide that. Yes. And usually it comes back, what's that pain point? Are you wanting to pursue something? Are you wanting to change something big in your life? Um, and is this the catalyst that you need in order to really understand and root in your true identity? So we don't, women don't just come, like there has to be some other something going on. For me, it was my career. For other women, it's relationships. Like I'm just not finding good relationships and it, it's, it keeps hurting me in a way. I keep coming up against the wall. And typically it's because you, your identity and who you see yourself as has to change. So it's like by, by that kind of thing happening over here, by that pain point that women usually come to me. And it's understanding that the things that you have hold yourself back from, held yourself back from, are the things that you really desire. And teaching women to have courage to go after those things, they then start to take on true forms of identity yeah. and ditch the things that people have put on them. It's through encouraging them to pursue their ambitions, to pursue the things that are really on their heart, to utilize their gifts, that the byproduct of that is rooting in a, in a deeper identity. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, it's never of, like, yeah, go ahead. One of the most universal questions out there is who am I? Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I would break that down even further and say, who does Jesus say that you yes. are? Because yes. if you can figure out who Jesus says that you are, and, and there's a whole, there's a whole Bible here <laughs> that you yeah. can go through. Um, and, and he tells us over and over like that you're his, that you're his daughter, that you are chosen, that you're his friend, um, that you're right, 
that you, ha- mm-hmm. that I have given you the Holy spirit and I have given you a power and might to be right, that you are going to do greater things than I did here. Mm-hmm. And I think when you start to really focus in on like who Jesus actually says, you start to create a filter of, well, mm. then that means that this thing that was spoken over to me isn't true. Right. Because yeah. both of those things can't be true at the same time. Right. So, um, when you start to separate out yourself and say, okay, this is who Jesus says I am. So I can't possibly be this. Mm. And, um, and he, he says that you're blameless. He says that you're pure. He says that you're bought, that you're paid for. So then you can't be a waste. You can't be too far gone, right? These are beliefs that hold us back. I'm too far gone or, um, my life isn't perfect enough. You can't be, you can't be saying that if he says, I called you blameless and pure, um, Mm -hmm. meaning that wherever you're at right now, you're good enough. You're good enough to claim whatever life that he has for you. And that's, you know, I mean, that's the beauty, but the, the trueness of that is that when we're robbed of community, like real community, Mm -hmm. we're not, we can't crawl our way back into that, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why we're so attracted to growth coaching like you. It's like, I don't have anybody that will help me figure out who I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you in your own mind are too emotionally connected to the old labels to see, to put a filter in place. You really do need an outsider's perspective to give you clarity because I don't have the emotional attachment to that dysfunction. I can see it clearly for someone else, but in my own mind, it's hard because I have emotional, I have, I have, um, reasoning why those things might be true. I have, I have deep like connection to that. It's rooted in me. So to have someone and, and just to put yourself in a community that's showing you different and living out that for themselves, it's showing you maybe I'm not the only one that struggles with this. It's so powerful to see women by walk by example, do life by example. And it, it takes you outside of your own mind and the kind of the cesspool of insecurity and self-doubt and self, um, sabotage. Yeah. That kind of just happens and stays up here. So isolating yourself outside of a community is the best way to remain in your dysfunction. It's the best way to stay doing the same thing. Yep. And it's because it's scary. It takes a risk to come out and change our lives and to it's, I mean, any, any successful woman that I know will Mm -hmm. also tell you that every day they have, they deal with a level of fear because to be (laughs) successful and to go out there and put yourself out there like that is basically terrifying. Right. And so, um, so what we have to do is we have to have women around us who keep telling us that it's okay. It's okay to do the big, scary thing you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. We believe you. Yes. We know you can do it. So <laughs> Karina, if somebody is on here today and they're listening right now and they have been caught up in some, in a circumstance or a word that was spoken over them and it has kept them caged up for a long time, what would you say to them right now? I think for me, it's borrowing belief from someone close to you. Borrow belief that 
there's something more and there's something different and there's a new way to look at yourself. If you are not in the place where you can get yourself out of that cage, if you can pry apart the bars, um, one, borrow belief from someone that you love and trust because I guarantee you that there's always someone near us. And if not, then get on your knees, get on your face and ask Jesus to show you who he made you to be. Do not accept being caged because that's just how it's meant to be for you. Fight against that. There's always, no matter where you are, no matter what circumstance, if you're living in a van or a beautiful home on the beach, you always have access to God. Wherever, you are never so far gone that you don't have that. And I think that's what you have to root your identity in um, continually. It's not like it's just going to happen once. So just know that you always have to go back to that. Well. Karina, thank you so much for sharing today and for being, you know, so extra and for reminding us that we get to be extra too. Um, and I hope that you enjoyed this episode. This is episode two. Um, thank you for joining us on the more than me podcast. We're sharing stories of women who decided to move outside of themselves and claim a higher purpose because together we are more. Next week, we're going to be joined by More Than Me Collective member Hillary Kay, and she's going to be sharing um, uh, what it means to live with the child in you. If you enjoyed today's show, please, please, please go and leave a review on iTunes or Google Play. Again, you can find out more about anything that we talked about today by going to, um, to morethanme.com. This is episode two, and we will talk to you next time. Bye.